as you can see in the bulletin, I'm, I'm covering for Wyatt this morning. Wyatt does a, obviously does a great job sharing the gospel for a young man that he is. With that, we'll start with the, uh, the Old Testament lesson. On the book of Psalms, chapter 95, verses 1 through 7, be found on page 591 in our church Bible. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock, to the rock of, of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and exalt him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great king above all kings, above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Today, if only you would hear his voice. Here ends his reading. Our epistle reading uh, is from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 20 through 28. Be found on page uh, 1139. But Christ has indeed been risen from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through man. For as in Adam, will, for as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ, the first fruits, then when he comes, those who who belong to him. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father under, uh, after he has destroyed all dominion, authority, and power. For he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. For he has put everything under his feet. Now when it says that everything has been put under his feet, or under, under him, it is clear that this does not include God himself, who has put everything under Christ. When he has done this, then the Son himself uh, will, he, make, he made subject to him who put everything under him, so that God may be all in all. Here ends the reading. Our Gospel reading, the book of Matthew, Chapter 25, verses 31 through 46, and be found on page 984 of the Church Bible. In respect to the gospel, please stand.
the sheep and the goats. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. And all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people uh, one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on the right hand and the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I am for I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and, and give you something to drink? When did we see you a, a stranger and invite you in? or need in clothes and clothe you? When did, you? when did we see you sick or in prison and go and visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you do for the one who, of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you did not look after me. They also answered, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you do not do for me, do not do for one of those least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Here is the reading. Please, Please be seated. God's grace and God's mercy and God's peace. These are yours, mine, through our Lord and our Savior, Jesus. We're going to look at the gospel lesson for this morning from Matthew chapter 25. I'd like to bring these words back in front of you. And the king will answer, Truly I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, you did it to me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, may these words of my mouth the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, you who are our strength, our rock, our redeemer, our shepherd, our heavenly friend, our savior. Amen. I, I know I've uh, I shared this with you, but I'd like to just share it again. It's a, one of my uh, memories of a, just a, a, a dear man who's now home with the Lord, uh, a, a brother pastor who taught me a lot. He was actually, he was a friend of my dad, a classmate of my dad's, uh, was in my dad and mom's wedding, uh, was a member at Holy Cross for a number of years. His name was Bill Schultz. He served uh, in a number of places. Uh, the longest time he was at the reformatory in St. Cloud as, as our chaplain uh, there. And uh, Bill just had a certain way about him. 
He just did, and he didn't take himself too seriously. And, and it was just fun to give Bill a compliment because of how he would respond to a compliment. Say something nice to Bill. Oh, he would come out of church with his wife, Ellen, and I'd, uh, I'd talk about how, what a striking couple they are, or um, just something to compliment them. And, and Bill would just look at me with a deadpan, straight face and say, oh, you just say that because you know it's true. <laughs> Try that sometime. What a great way to receive a compliment, huh? Yeah, you, oh, you just say that because you know it's true. Can you imagine saying that to the Lord Jesus Christ on the day when he returns on Judgment Day? Can you imagine saying that to him when the Son of Man, the King, appears in all his glory? Just, just think about this possibility. And here's what gives rise to this possibility, to this scenario. It's, it's what Jesus said he's going to say to us when we meet him on that last day. He's going to say to us, he's, he's going to pay us the highest compliment that we've ever been given. And as believers in him, he's going to look you in the eye. And he's going to say to you, Truly I say to you, inasmuch as you've done it unto one of the least of these, you did it for me. So at that moment, do you think it's even remotely possible that you might look Jesus straight in the eye with a straight Bill Schultz look on your face and say to Jesus, oh, you just say that because you know it's true? <laughs> and yet the astounding fact of the matter is this, that exactly is what he will say because it is going to be and is the truth. That's why he will say it because he knows it's true about you. Truly, he says, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, you did it to me. Now, before pride kind of sneaks in here and, and ruins this, there's, there's one more thing that needs to be said. Before we, we think about this and kind of carry it out and, and, and concluding that, well, yeah, you know, I was a pretty nice guy. Yeah, you know, I, I did do a lot of nice things for lots of, of people. Yeah, you, you know, um, I was a pretty good Christian. Uh, before we get into thinking those kinds of things and that kind of pride takes root in our hearts, let me burst the bubbles, okay? What makes Jesus say what he says and what makes it the truth isn't the fact that you and I were so wonderful in living out our lives here on this earth. It, you see, being a sinner and being sinful damages and taints every good thing that we may try to do. Here's how Isaiah says it. Isaiah says all our righteousness, it's like filthy rags. It's also why in, in Romans chapter 7, Paul does this. He, he laments the fact, I have a desire to do what's right, but not the ability to carry it out. 
And that's also why it says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us. Now listen to the very next words of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God. So why is it that Jesus is going to be able to say all these wonderful, nice things about us, all that we did in life, and that as we were doing it, we were doing it to him? Why will you receive the, this tremendous compliment, this best of all compliments, and, and have it be, in reality, a true statement about you and how you lived your life? It will be because his grace, that grace given to us as the power of God's Holy Spirit working in us to help us live that life, it will be his grace that will make it true that we can receive this compliment that whatever you did it for one of the least, you did it for me. Let, let's go back to today's gospel lesson and, and see the truth. Why is it that the sheep were surprised? Why is it that we'll be surprised when Jesus pays this compliment to us and says, whatever you did for one of the least of these, you, you did it for me? You know, Jesus, he goes through this long list of things, doesn't he? Well, I was sick, I, I was in prison, I was hungry, uh, and you came and you visited me and you helped me. And, and our response to that was the sheep say, when? When did we see you? When did we do all these things for you? Now, our response would be quite different, wouldn't it, if we were keeping track of all of these things as a record of our, of our goodness in order to earn heaven. If that were the case, then I think our response to Jesus saying all these nice things to us would have been more along the lines of the Pharisee who went up with the Publican, the tax collector, to pray. Remember, remember what he said to God? I, I thank you that I'm not like other men. I've done this and this and this and this. I fast twice a week. I give 10% of all that I get. Now, he would be the kind of guy who wouldn't blink an eye to have Jesus come up to him and say, you know, here's all these nice things you did. He wouldn't be the kind of guy to blink an eye. He would look at Jesus and say, yeah, you just say all those things, Jesus, because you know they're true. But you see, he's a goat. All right. The sheep, the people on the right, the believers in Jesus, they don't say that. And the reason they don't say that, receive that compliment in, in that boastful way, is because they know and they believe and they realize that the only reason God has all these nice things to say about them is because of God's grace active in their life, because of God's Spirit active in their life. 
that they have God's forgiveness. It's, it's like what Paul said, as it was for him, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. Or as it says to us in Ephesians chapter 2, for by grace you've been saved through faith. And this not your own doing. It's a gift of God, not the result of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand for us that we should walk in them. So it is that this scene that Jesus puts before us of him saying to the sheep, you did this and you did this and you did this and you did this for me, will happen exactly as Jesus says it will go down. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry. And what follows will be Jesus making mention of all the good works we did by grace, his grace, that prepared us to do those in Christ Jesus. We are his workmanship. You gave me food, you gave me drink, you clothed me, you welcomed me, you visited me, you came to me. That's all God's work in your life, the Spirit's work in your life by God's grace, enabling you to do those things. It's His grace that makes this all true. It's His grace that makes it true that whatever small deed of kindness or goodness or mercy that you or I did out of faith, in reality, we did them to Jesus. That's how God sees it. And that's what makes it the truth. So what do we do with this now? I mean, Jesus has just told you that eternal life is waiting for you when he comes to judge. And in telling you that, in essence, he's telling you that you have been forgiven of all of your sins. Because you see, in this story, the sheep, is there any mention of any sin that they've done? No mention of any sin whatsoever because they've been all forgiven, all wiped away. So take it personal that God has forgiven you of all of your sins. His blood has wiped you clean. And all that will be left, all that will remain for you, on you in Judgment Day, are all those deeds of faith that the Spirit enabled you with His grace to do. It's, it's all a gift, isn't it? Because He says, this is your inheritance. His grace makes it true that what we do, we did it for Him. So what do we do with this now? Maybe it's as simple as this. That every day, as your feet roll out of bed, and the rest of you with them, 
that you begin the day with this prayer, Lord Jesus, what can I do to serve you today? Lord Jesus, help me. Help me look at people this way. Through you. To see that those who need mercy from me today, those who need compassion from me today, those who need a helping hand from me today, a kind word from me today, a word of forgiveness from me today, that as I do it to them, I'm doing it for you. Truly I say to you, as you did it for one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. May his grace daily make that true in your life and in mine. And may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen.